Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> it's Julie Duffy and... Uh, Dr. John Duffy, and apparently we're playing with new ways to start the podcast. Yeah, we are. We're trying what do you to, think? We're trying to appeal to the Southern demographic. <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying not yeah, to say hey the same. hey there, for those of you up north. We're just trying not to say the same thing every time. Correct. Uh, hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> good. It's good to be in the studio. It's so always good to be in the studio. Yeah. It's cozy. But we've been all over the place. Well, you... More specifically, have been jet setting around. Yes, I was. I've in been New- holding down the fort here. <laughs> um, yeah, I was in New York last weekend. So we, yeah, I went with my friend Eileen to sh- surprise Charlotte, her daughter, who's been working for CBS since December, and that was so fun. And uh, um, Tiffany, our really good friend, um, and her daughter Grace and uh, her niece Amanda were there for Fashion Week. We all stayed at the same hotel, and it was this perfectly. Um, it was uh, um, kind of unplanned. I mean, they had some fashion events, right. but we didn't have big plans because Charlotte didn't know we were coming. And um, so Charlotte and her boyfriend, Tobias, um, but everything just fell into place. Like we, our our lives, our plans intertwined perfectly. Um, and at night we hung out in the, our room and, and, you know, had a glass of wine and talked. And uh, Tiffany joined us for dinner a couple nights. It was, yeah, it was perfect. It was so fun. A girls' weekend in New York. It sounds like a uh, a rom com kind girls of girls plus one boy Tobias. <laughs> oh, pl- Tobias, which is very studly young man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna have a boy, you might as well have a Tobias. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a blast. It was a blast. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, I was hermetically sealed in our house uh, for three solid days. I'd say. And uh, for day one, I had to do some continuing education. So I watched a man who will remain nameless, but he is a (laughs) clinical psychologist, drone on about the diagnostic criteria and the complications affiliated with obsessive compulsive disorder and some of the medications that might be helpful and some of them that might prove not to be helpful, and it's important to recognize that. So here's slide number 277, Whoa. and on and on. No, John was texting me phrases, <laughs> things the guy was saying, and it was like an SNL skit, At one but point, that lasted for six hours. How long was it? Six hours? It was It was eight hours that I was actually... Eight yeah, he actually, hours? He, it was a, I get six CEUs, but I did get to spend eight hours listening to a man who... Um, was talking about, so one of the treatments briefly for obsessive compulsive disorder is exposure to the, to the stimulus that has you, um, anxious, right? And, uh, and so he said, if you're working with an anxious client who's afraid of hurting someone, fill a body bag with foam and run over it with a car, have them touch a a toilet seat, whatever, (laughs) <laughs> Those were his examples. No, like, no, you, you were sending me these hilarious, weird quotes. Like he was just kind of out of his mind, or you know, just bored and just riffing in the weirdest way. And and just as a side note, um, again, remaining nameless, and I have nothing but respect for the man. But he he's he's talking about one of the anxiety disorders, and clearly, he's 
super anxious talking in public. So you can see that he has dry mouth and he's like moving. He's super ambulatory and he's drinking things that are like all over his desk. It's kind of like um, it's ironic at, at, at the very least because I suspect he's kind of doing compulsive things as he's talking about OCD, which is very meta of him. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and you realized in the moment that um, the very poor instruction that a lot of clinicians are getting about dealing with these types of issues and actually wrote a brilliant piece about it <laughs> that will be posted or published somewhere. But yeah, you were pissed, actually. Yeah, yeah this Because took- the guy was, did a horrible job um, and it was kind of dehumanizing and really detached the way he approached it. Yeah, for years, briefly, for years, psychologists didn't have to pursue CEUs, at least in several states, Illinois included. And I thought, well, okay, handy for me, but how irresponsible is that, that we don't have to keep up with what's going on or whatever trends are going on in the profession, or at least keep our skills sharp and relearn a little bit of what we learned in grad school. And then you sit through this thing and um, and I realize, oh, well, I've got 25 years doing this, but somebody who has two years doing this is also watching right. this and learning from this. And this is this is what they think they're supposed to do, and it's driving me nuts. The truth is, briefly, there were 150 slides or something in this thing. In slide number 71, not until then, was there a bullet point that said, get to know the patient as a person. And it was just a bullet point. It, that was it. That, that was the only suggestion that you treat the person like a human being. Right, and that's like the, the primary was, thing, It was the only thing that ma- the yeah. main thing that matters, you know? Like, so anyway, it, it was incredibly frustrating and upsetting. So look for me to write a very, very angry piece. You uh, did, and it was amazing. Yeah, it, I'm, I'll, I'll get it out there soon so you guys can 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 read about what's going on in my my little profession here <laughs> that I'm so pleased Well, no, I mean, about. it kind of speaks to um, how certain things, well, it's kind of overdiagnosis, but also just how poorly some clinicians handle them. And um, yeah, it's not, it's not unimportant. No, because we end up like treating a specific symptom and, you know, you can eliminate the symptom, but if you don't understand the nature of human emotion, and the context and the context and the person, and the person then then it's emotional whack-a-mole is what I call oh, it. Oh right, that, yeah. that is what you call and, it. And <laughs> uh, and so you know it's a it's a con of the worst kind because you're not you're not helping the person get past the issue. You're just saying quit fidgeting. You know, right. I, I'm going to right. teach you to quit fidgeting. Right. But you know, it's like not not ever wondering why are you fidgeting now? You right. know, what's going on? That's that got mole's going to pop up somewhere else. Yes, exactly. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We will get to that. Okay. Um, because because we've been watching Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to talk about so that. So good. So Shit's Creek, for those of you who don't know it um, and might be familiar with SCTV, is the Levy Family Tour de Force sitcom on Netflix. Yeah. And um, it's been out for a while. I think we're a little late to the party, but effectively... Rich family, loses everything, moves to a town they inadvertently bought years ago. Town's name is Schitt's Creek, and it's this podunk town in the middle of nowhere. And they have to stay in this crappy motel. Yeah. So, um, and, and so fish out of water, great story. 
excellent characters. Watch it. You will not. Yeah, you, so you'll good. fall in love with every single person in it, the rich people and the poor people and everybody. It's just great. And but you, Julie Duffy, were moved by a moment. And every once in a while, Shit's Creek is one of those shows that gives you a moment in oh, the midst of great moments. comedy. Yeah. There's just a moment that that's so profound and and um, touches on a, a, a core reality that we don't always think about. What was the core reality that hit you? The, well, last so night? right. So let me see if I can articulate this. Um, so you watch these people who have you know, we're filthy rich and the characters, um, the kids, well, kind of all of them, but there's, you know, there's this kind of stereotypical vapid, like, you know, um, Oh my God. Oh my God, David, like, um, uh, vibe about both of them. And the beautiful thing is as they deal with life in this town, living in this motel, you know, their humanity comes out. So, David, it turns out, um, who is her brother? Sorry, the the son, David, who's always wearing these really like, you know, kind of fabulous high fashion getups in this little town, like a lot of like black sweaters and weird pants, and you know, right? Like anyway, oh, they, right, right. He's wearing he's very very avant garde. He's very pan, he's pansexual. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, David is fabulous in every way, and he's got. Unbelievable comic timing. Oh my god, dude's amazing. Yes. So wait, what is this, the sister's name? I always forget. Um, I can't remember. Alexis, that's her name. <laughs> so anyway, yes. so Alexis and David are driving to the next small town. To David needs to take his driver's test, which he we we learn he has failed many times in the past, and he's freaking out for obvious reasons. He's yeah. super nervous about it. Um, and she's like, "Dude, relax." Nobody cares. She didn't say it like that. It's like, David, nobody cares. And he's like, well, yes. The, the guy, the guy who's taking, who's giving me the test, he cares. Yeah. So she's like, no, nobody cares. And but there's a knowing, of, there's a knowing in her saying that. And and so I love that. I and, and what what I love about that is we always forget, not in a bad way, like nobody cares about us, but nobody. Cares like we we stop ourselves from doing things, or we decide the things we want to do, or the way we want to do them, based on you know thinking that people are going to judge us, or that people are invested, or people have an are, have an agenda when it comes to us. And typically, they so don't. They don't care. Right. They're not paying attention. And and that's what I love about that. The liberation in that. Nobody cares. And actually, she was right because he took the test and the kid was like looking at his phone the whole time and he just realized, yeah. And and you knew it was a bigger message in this vignette. You knew it was a way bigger message. Like we all get caught up. I'm repeating myself, but nobody cares. Especially about the thing you're probably most concerned about, worried about, insecure about. Nobody cares cares. Right. You know what I mean? Like nobody cares, nobody's judging, nobody's paying attention, nobody's focused on it like you are. If you if it's about your boots, double think <laughs> that. Think that think twice about that for sure. Yes. But the truth is, uh, on the whole, if you find yourself I find this all the time at work, like you know, super concerned about a particular thing or insecure about a particular thing, nobody cares. Nobody cares. 
Yeah, and and I don't know if if the liberation um, in that is is coming through, you know, to people listening. But yeah, I think we we over um, attribute power and um, and and a knowing to other people that they don't necessarily have, have. and um, uh, it, it, it can stop us and and. Or can make us it can leave us also just feeling badly about ourselves, right? Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like right. you were talking about this town we live in, which is this great little town, right, Lagrange. Um, but there is this idea, and we've talked, we've alluded to this many times on the podcast. But this idea, this that behind that door, everything's great, you know. And so then we judge our family in light of what we think their family's it, about. Right. Well, so, yeah, I was saying this town is wonderful and it's so close and everyone really everyone really does care in, in the way that matters. Everyone takes care of each other. Everyone's there for each other. You know, when, when, when times get tough and there's a lot of celebration, it's a great... People do really care. But what I notice is the town is so small that people are... Uh, and, and I think we always are in life. People are cautious to show their truth about maybe what's going on in their family, what's going on in their relationships, the, the struggles their kids are having, because you want to present the perfect picture. Right. And so um, that's an example where nobody cares. Like, you know, your son came home from college. We've talked about that. Or, you know, you have a child that's struggling in the classroom and, um, you know, needs extra assistance. We sometimes hold back and don't share those things because we want to present, like I said, the perfect picture. And that isolates us and that disconnects us. And you know what? Nobody cares. (laughs) <laughs> Some of you may remember Emmett, who I interviewed when the podcast was called Undue Anxiety. Um, and he told a great story, which is a very ordinary story. I used to work on a psychiatric unit, an adolescent psychiatric unit, um, where uh, and Emmett was on one for OCD. And um, upon leaving, upon discharge, uh, what they sit, they sit you down, staff does, and they give you options of things you can say to people instead of, I was at a psychiatric hospital. Tell them you had mono. Tell them you've, uh, tell them. Which I get. A family member was sick for a couple of weeks. Um, What Emmett and his mom decided brilliantly to do is like, oh, no, 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 because other people are probably suffering this. We're going to take the taboo away. We're just going to say what happened. Well, so, so just to take a beat. Yeah. Go back. That is one of my favorite podcasts that you did when it was called Undo Anxiety. And those are all still there. So if you go to Better and scroll all the way back, they might be renamed Better now just because the logos might have gone all the way down. Um, But Emmett, listen to Emmett. So he's this amazing, beautiful kid who really struggled. Speaking of OCD, profound OCD actually kicked it, which is so beautiful to know that that's possible and he talks you through how and, that happened which is yeah, really cool it's really oh that's a that's a um that's an amazing story but yes like you were saying was being coached well and given the option to say he was sick or he had mono or you know not to tell the truth about where he was which i totally understand 
Oh, we used but, to do it too. I mean, listen, it, it, it's a very common practice because there is this taboo affiliated with being hospitalized in a psychiatric way. I mean, it's, it's of course, a, yeah. of course. But the cool thing was that you know somebody um, came up to him. I think the first week he was back. Yeah, uh, at swim practice on the, on the pool deck. Who then knew that? Who, who then was able to identify what was going on with him? Dude, thank you so much. And knew it was, you know, there was a solution. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Right, right. So when Emmett realized, well, nobody cares, nobody cares enough that I have to keep this a secret. You know what I mean? Like, um, and as it turns out, you know, if he, if he were in the room, he would say, oh, I felt freer telling the truth than trying to pretend something else was going on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't want to weave that web for myself, you know, like, and, and I think that's when we worry too much that people care, we start to weave a web. And we start to edit and, and well, we certainly make up and, and assume what we think other people are thinking, what a waste of time, you know, also you were talking about, and we all do this, you were talking about, you have a lot of kids that are musicians, but they don't want to put out their music because it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. It's and not you're good like, enough. Like, just put it out. Yeah, it's not good enough. One thing you learn when you feel like something's not good enough, you're if you're creating something, you know, like I, I, I write books sometimes, I write music sometimes, I've been there, and you'll never feel that way. You know, at some point you have to say, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to see how this plays because there'll be another thing and I won't feel perfect about that. And I got to put that out there. You know, like if you're a creative person and most of us are in some way or another, at some point you have to finish the product and move it through and get it out there and get better. And, you know, like in the minute you're overly judgmental about yourself in this way and you care too much, you, you stop the process, you stem the flow. Well, and I mean, you may even disrupt the creativity. Right. If the reason okay, you don't have to put it out there. Like if that's if that's not your jam, like putting it out there or putting it up or posting it or whatever we're saying, if it's if it's because you are worried about being judged or what or you're assuming people are going to think, you know, that you're not good enough or whatever, that's a bad reason. If you're deciding that you're not you're not happy with it, I think that's a good reason. I think that's okay. And yes, at some point you have to, you have to do that. But if you're thinking about what other people think, or that they care, is stopping you. They don't. Nobody cares. <laughs> right, and it's a, it's a liberating thing. So so let me let me offer a twist on this thought that that hit me last weekend. So while you were out of town, I um, was talking to my buddy Mike, who I grew up with, and who happens to live in New York. You were pretty yeah. close to Mike, um, and. Uh, and we were talking about um, some of the things that we've both done. Mike and I have um, have both written books. We've both been on national television. And um, and we were kind of joking around about how, like, you know, so, so I was on the Today Show. I get home. No parade. No parade. <laughs> there's no, there's no, you know, there's no march. There's no nothing. Nothing's happening. No horns. No tubas. Nothing. Where's the parade? Yeah. Nobody cares. I mean, in the end, you know, like you do the thing and the thing is fine and good and you move on. But you've got to kind of own that that's your thing and you can't expect everybody to care too. You know right. what I mean? There's and, and there's a little liberty in that because if you're 
overly invested in, you know, a little bit of like, mommy, daddy, tell me I'm great. <laughs> well, I mean, and, you know, friends do, they are impressed and they think it's great and, and they, you know, you get congratulations. So, so in the best way, the people who should care really do care, but the proverbial they or whatever you're making up in your mind, like in, a, in the best way, don't care. Right, right. <laughs> it's not it, – it, it, and so just do it and um, and do it for, you know, because you want to do it, because it's it's going to get you where you want to go, but uh, don't let it stop you. And that's the point, like the Schitt's Creek point is go ahead and take the test. You're going to be fine, and the guy doesn't care. And if you pass, great. If you don't pass, it's okay. Nobody you can cares. take it again. You, yeah. Nobody cares. And 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 you know, I and that's true for everybody in just about everything we do. People love when people do things with confidence, whatever it is. That's inspiring. You know, um, I think there isn't enough of that. Um, and so, if you just whatever you do, if you just own it, and I, I don't mean to be vague. Let me try to think of an example. I mean, just um, well, okay, like taking a gap year or uh, doing something. It's out of the ordinary. Um, you know, if you do it with confidence and joy, that gives people permission to maybe do that too. Yeah. So that's a gift. Yeah, and, and I think in so many areas of life, everything's changing. Everything changes so much. You and I have dealt in the publishing world and in media, and everyone's looking for the next thing. So if you stay too much in the space that, well, this isn't the way it's done. Well, this is what you have to do. If you listen to too many people. Or you got to hire this agent I always, or you got to yeah. go through this me method, right? I yeah. always say to you, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Everyone knows. Everyone's looking for the thing that's new. So nobody knows. So don't spend too much time in that space. Right. Do the thing that, you know, trust your gut and do the thing that you think is authentic to you. Um, I hope this doesn't sound too like generic, but it's true. Nobody knows and nobody cares. <laughs> well, and to your point about like walking through with confidence, that sometimes is critical and allows other people to lean into that. In a lot of situations in life, we want somebody to be confident and be the leader. For some reason, I'm taken back to the TV show Lost, where plane crashes on an island there's it's pandemonium and jack the doctor brings some order to the chaos you need a leader um you know the other thing that i'm reminded of when it comes to like you got to own your confidence and your expertise is i remember when i was in training to do my our first therapy session so we were um we were interns effectively and somebody had a question for our our trainer, Ed, and um, and Ed gave good advice. And then he said, listen, guys, the person sitting across from you, they don't care that you're in training, that they're they're in something in their lives right now. This isn't a drill. This is their life. So you you don't have the luxury of growing into your confidence. You need to own it now. That is, that is a good example, yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and in a way, him saying that made us feel like, okay. Uh, we gave us permission to do that. And in that, he also said, you guys have all you need to do it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't put you out there to do it if, he, if I didn't know you could do it, right? So there's that too, you know? So if somebody tells you, you've got what you need, go. 
like trust that and own that. Own your expertise and own your competence and go out and live yeah. your life. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely, yeah, that, that's a good example. That's a good um, angle on it. Like, right, when it comes to your own knowledge, your own expertise, your own talent, uh, half the battle a lot of times is confidence, is owning it. You're showing, you're showing the other person how they should respond to you. Right. If you're asking like if if your if your vibe is asking them, then it you probably aren't going to get the same result as if your vibe is telling them this is the shit right here. Excuse my language. Um, you know, they're, you know, that's energetically huge. Right. It's almost like she's saying in the show, nobody cares about your insecurity, David. You know what I mean? Nobody cares about that. The guy's not really going to be judging you. The guy's not really going to be looking to mess you up. The guy's not going to be looking to sabotage. He doesn't care that much. Right. Just relax. Right. Just relax. You know? And sometimes... So So there's one other thought that you offered that I thought... I, that I really like that I think it's worth mentioning in here. This is, this is not... This is a little bit of an esoteric thought. It's hard to get it across exactly right. But I think we're walking around it right. But um, we both remembered that um, we were talking about internet trolls. Yeah. And um, and when somebody trolls somebody on the internet, it reads like they care. They, it reads like they hate you. Yeah, on that note, I was, you know, we were thinking someone might be listening to this saying, what do you mean, you know, we were talking about putting it out there, putting something out there, whatever that looks like. And, you know, they might be saying, oh, if you put out a song and you're not singing very well or you put out a statement or a, a, a painting or, you know, whatever, you put yourself out there, you might get trolled. You might get some nasty comments. Yeah. And that's huge right now. So that actually brings this nobody cares and the importance of knowing that to a whole nother level right now. We're all trying to present the perfect uh, image there. Right. True. So yeah, go ahead. Right. So the, the example that jumped to both of our minds, I think simultaneously was Sarah Silverman, the comedian, um, was tweeting about something and she is not shy about how she, where she stands on things. And there was a guy in particular who was trolling her hard over and over and over again. And instead of attacking him back with vitriol, she very sincerely wrote back something along the lines of, my God, you must be in so much pain if you are willing to express so much hate toward me, a person you don't even know. And, and he wrote back and said, actually, I am, and I'm, I'm really ill and anxious, and I need help. And Sarah Silverman said, effectively said, Oh, I'm going to get you help. And she has now spent thousands of dollars helping this man. And yeah. they are very close. And, you know, so in, in a way, she was able to see through the vitriol to the reality, which was pain. You know, so yeah. almost anybody, imagine, imagine if you're taking time out of your day to express hatred towards somebody, if you bother to seek them out, right? So this guy, it's not vague where Sarah Silverman stands. And if you feel different, if you want to be pissed at somebody and you feel differently than she does, you go after her, right? I'm going to, I want to be angry, yeah. you know? So I'm going to go to the person I know feels differently than me. But why, the only 
reason to spend your time that way is if you're in pain, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And she noticed that. She recognized that. But it's important we all recognize that. Otherwise, we get in these stupid battles, right? You know, where we're arguing about things that nobody really cares about at all. We get we get down some stupid rabbit holes. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time on social media. I've done it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's another great example. If someone says something awful to you it's it's just not about you and this is not easy it's 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 not it's simple but it's not easy that you know to not take things personally right but you know the again the bigger point is 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 if you're stopping yourself from taking it from doing something you really want to do um or if you're motivated if you feel like your your motivation is because of some perception you have of what people need from you or want from you or think about you, they probably don't care. <laughs> that, that, that's the takeaway. They have their they own probably problems. Don't care. And, and I think the degree to which you let your uh, light shine or let your freak flag fly, uh, you're, you're going to liberate someone and Definitely. yourself for sure. It reminds me, and I think it's connected to something else we talk about a lot that's really important, and that is, you know, the the amount of time people spend whatever they're suffering thinking they're the only ones. Mm. I guess it's about the assumptions we make about being alone, that we're alone when we're really not, the assumptions we make about, you know, that people are judging us when they're really not. Um, you know, we create the story. Um, we make up a story. Yeah. And it's usually not true. Yep. And the lies we tell ourselves in our heads yeah, and we carry around. That we're alone, that people are judging us. Probably not true. Nobody cares. And, <laughs> and I hope that's coming across. Like, nobody. Not that nobody cares about you no. or your well being. Not that nobody loves you, but. That thing you're worried about, that you might be are making it about, up. You're probably making it up. You're probably making it up. Yeah. 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 And it's probably only you that cares. And if you can release that enough, then you're free. Yeah. And then yeah. you pass your driver's test like David <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that is, um, you know, it's when our ego drives us. Um, stops us or sends us in a direction that we think is going to impress the most people or disappoint the least people. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Do you think it's a, an availability thing? Do you think it's fear, judgment, or ego that can drive the concern? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's all three of those things. Yeah, I think it is, right? Because I'm thinking about just the example from the TV show. And like, I'm thinking, Oh, he was afraid that he was going to fail. He his ego probably was involved because he was afraid of being judged by the by the trainer. And um, what's the other part? Judge, fear, <laughs> fear judgment. Ego. Yeah, yeah, he was going to be judged. Yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, I, I think it's part of it is like if you're present and available for yourself, you'll recognize oh, there's probably nothing here to be so worried about. Nobody cares. And, yeah, and that there is liberation in that thought that nobody cares. Nobody's thinking about the thing that you're obsessing about. Nobody's thinking about you that much, really, probably. Um, I mean, 
everyone's doing their own thing. So that to the degree that you can step forward with confidence and own it, you're, you are, uh, again, inspiring others and um, giving others permission to do the same. So um, my ego wants to bring up one more example because um, about five weeks ago, we recorded a podcast in the wake of my last haircut. <laughs> and um, and my hair, you told me, and I recognized, was shorter than it's ever been in my adult life because I kind of fell asleep and we went to a you know, $7 haircut. <laughs> yeah, right. so I, I, I made 15 mistakes that led to... And still, a tragic cut. It, it was a tragic haircut, and still, it looks crazy to me. Like, I mean, and it's so much lot later, and still, I look at it. and I'm like, if I got, if I walked out of the place today, I'd still feel like, what the hell just happened here? Um, and I remember like going into my sessions the Monday afterwards, thinking like, oh my god, everyone's just going to be thinking about my hair. Yeah. And, you know, and the truth of the matter, you know, it didn't come up because. People got shit on their minds, man. Like people have lives. My hair's not that relevant. It's not. So part of it is no one even noticed. I mean, and it was, it actually it bounced back so fast. But right out of the chair, I didn't know if we could, you know, go to dinner that night. <laughs> it's true, Rand. I mean, I didn't look well. <laughs> but nobody. But yeah, nobody cared. Nobody cared. So you know, and that was that was not just liberating to me. I was stunned. <laughs> I was like, aren't you, don't you see what's wrong here? Are you kidding me? Wait, this reminds me of a story, a really funny story. Um, and Tiff, I think she'll be okay with this. Um, I don't know if she will. <laughs> so It's only long, been 20 years. Oh, my God. So a million years ago, uh, our friends, John and I were out west with our friends Chad and Tiffany. And we were in this little uh, casino town, town yeah. Deadwood, South Dakota. And we were in this little breakfast place, and they had this giant slot machine that you could climb into and take a picture, right? Yeah. There was a, there was a bench in there, and you could sit in it. So Tiffany went to the bathroom. With you. Oh, with me. Okay. Yeah. So we went to the bathroom. That's right. John and Chad got into the slot machine. And, and we're in a restaurant, so everybody's like, yeah. everybody's in the restaurant. All the other patrons are in on the joke, like, ha-ha, the wives went away. Yes. They don't know where their husbands are. Husbands are in the slot machine. This is going to be a funny ha-ha. So we come out, and people are laughing. And we don't know why, but Tiffany's first thought is, these effing people are laughing at my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> She absolutely thought that because she had on these funky, cool, I don't know, they they were like kind of high-heeled tennis shoes. They were groovy, but she was right. like, these hill jacks are laughing at my shoes. It was so funny. And then we realized, oh, no, there's John and Chad in the slot machine. <laughs> Nobody cared, Tiff. Nobody, Nobody cared. cares now. Anyway, that's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. So I think the punchline is this. If you find yourself overly concerned about what other people are thinking about you, liberate yourself with the reality that they're probably not. They are probably not. And if they are, it's probably in a much kinder and gentler way than you would perceive. Um, and um, and if you if you just own your shit... <laughs> Yeah. And 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 go about your way in your own way that 
typically gets admiration, respect, and it, it it's inspiring. Yep. I love the idea of giving yourself permission to fail. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I prescribe it. I mean, I tell people like, you know, okay, if you're that afraid of failing, you know, when you go out and meet people tonight, your job is to screw it up royally. I want you to stumble over every word. I want you to make a fool of yourself. I want, you know what I mean? Like, I want you to spill your drink on people. I want you to mess it up. And normally those are the nights that go magically, <laughs> you yeah. know? But even failure is a pretty good story if you at least you jump in the pool. Yeah, yeah. And when you show your vulnerability, um, you know, loud and proud, it's... It's honorable. what people need to see. Yep. Yeah. It's honorable and it's it helps us all. Yeah. Because we all have it and we all need it all out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. So bad. That that's that's what heals the human spirit, I think. I think yeah. that's, you know, like that's what I love about kids is they're willing to show their scars and and kind of proudly almost. Like, you know, I've been through something and I'm okay. Or I'm not yet okay. But I will be, you yeah. know, like there's something about that that gives everybody hope. Yeah. Amen, yep. amen. So nobody cares, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. Be free. Nobody be cares. Be free, man. But everyone really does. Yes. All right. Love you, honey. Love you, honey. We'll talk to you guys next time.